It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. This is your host, Adam Force. You know, there was this guy a while back. Um, he kept showing up in my Facebook feed. Until finally one day, I listened to what he had to say. I can't remember what actually caught my attention, uh, but this was a while ago now. And, you know, since then, I dug into who he was, I read his books, um, and here we are today having this conversation. His name is Russell Brunson. If you do anything in marketing, you're an entrepreneur or anything like that, you will probably have heard of Russell Brunson. He's been making waves and doing some cool stuff. Um, his books, Dotcom Secrets and Expert Secrets, are huge, and they've had support from people like Tony Robbins and a bunch of other people. Um, and so I read both of these, and Expert Secrets is great. I mean, this this is solid, solid information, guys. Um, Russell knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a long time. He's faced his fair share of failures, um, and he's cracked the code for himself with uh, his latest project, ClickFunnels, which is super cool. So um, definitely check out what he's got going on. We're going to talk to him today. He's got he's just got an incredible marketing mind. So when you're looking at business growth, uh, Russell's definitely a guy to talk to. He knows how to get in the mind of the user and how to get your to find the people to get out to. So um, you know, before we jump in, don't forget to stop by and leave us a review for anyone that has. We very very much appreciate it. Helps things move forward. Uh, just a heads up, guys, we have a big release coming out in January, which is going to be with Nobel Peace Prize winner Muhammad Yunus. It's going to be an exciting edition of Change Creator Magazine. Also in there, there'll be tons of other content and supporting uh, interviews and success stories, things like that. So keep an eye out for kicking off the new year with Muhammad Yunus, Nobel Peace Prize winner. Guys, last notice is in January at this point, we are going to be having a price change in the magazine. The price will be going up for subscriptions, so get in while you can at this current price. Um, and I just want to give a heads up, it will be going up and there's going to be a change. I don't want anybody to be surprised by it, um, but yeah, we're putting a lot of updates and features and we are working hard to keep evolving this magazine and it's a high value product and we're just going to have to make some changes there to accommodate everything. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get started with Russell Brunson. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Russell, what's up, man? Thanks for joining the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I am doing awesome and excited to be here. All right, cool, man. Yeah, um, you know, I, I've known about your work for a while, and um, only more recently, I've had your dot-com secrets book on my list for quite some time, and, um, you know, in the past, I don't know, Several months now, every time I open up Facebook, I can't get Russell Brunson out of my news feed. So I had to start reading that book and see what all the hype was. Maybe will go away if I actually read the book. <laughs> so now I have, I have your dot-com secrets, which, by the way, is just a great book. And I also have your new expert secrets. I was one of the guys that did the, uh, the free shipping deal, so I took advantage of that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, man. Um, really good work, dude. I got to tell you. And I, I don't know if your intention of these books was really for um, – um, you know, I, I know you aim at certain people who are at a certain point in their entrepreneurial journey, but 
I feel like your dot-com secrets really could be appealing to the, the starting entrepreneur as well as the experienced entrepreneur. It gets more involved as you read, but you do start off with some foundational stuff. So um, I found that the way you shape perspective in there is really, uh, it clicks really well. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, as I was reading that, I usually wake up around 5.30 and um, I have my coffee, I'm reading this book and I see... You're this kid. You're the only person I've ever known that likes junk mail. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is BS. There's no way that he likes junk mail. He's just creating a story. And then you show me this picture of you swimming in junk mail. I was like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> but it was a great, it was a great uh, story that you had, and it really captures and, and really reflects the essence of what you do. So, tell me, I guess, you know, I'm curious about. Um, what like what role do you think? I'm going to talk a little foundational emotion has in business. Mm. Um, I think that was an interesting question. So it it depends because um, you know we as humans are emotional. Like that's it's what drives us, right? Yeah. And but sometimes it's it's for a positive thing, and sometimes it's for our detriment. You know, like um, I think that emotion is what gets me up in the morning and drives me and gets me fired up and gets me excited you know i look at who we're competing against and what we can do and like that emotion is what what drives me for sure but then the other side like i've seen times in my career where i've struggled or i've had issues or i've had problems and like the emotion side a lot of times is is what what takes this ship and like turns it around and makes you like you know crash and burn because um you know i think understanding how to control your emotions and how to focus them is, is big because um i had one of my mentors he used to tell me he said that uh, an entrepreneur will come up with a decision um, almost every every month they're going to make or break their business. Mm. It's like, how do you deal with that? Because those things are coming all the time over and over. And like, and I found as you scale and you grow, those things come more than once a month. Yeah. Yeah. You're out. And it's like, you got to be careful because like, if you get too emotionally engaged in things, sometimes it can, it can screw things up. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting game that you got to play with that. Well, and, and you know, I, the thing that's interesting is that you talk about it in your books, too, is, you know, even if you're, if you're talking about, you talk about this epiphany bridge, right? Um, and it's kind of like you want people to come from almost like this authentic place where they're sharing stories that people can relate to, struggles that they've had, and you want to relate to that emotion. So, you know, as I've grown, I've been doing business for 15 years now, and, you know, one of the things I've learned in my entrepreneurial uh, lifetime is, um, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of, I guess if you come from an authentic place, people connect with you a lot more. So I was kind of tapping into that as well when I was, mentioning the emotion because you do talk about that in the book so it seems like if you do come from there people will i guess it'll resonate more do you agree with that yeah it's it's interesting especially in today's world like i don't think if you look 10 years ago it wasn't so much this way right like 10 years ago people were um connected to brands um or or pricing right like that's what people made their choices like okay this brand's awesome i like it so i'll spend more or this is the cheapest one that's where we go Whereas the world we live in today, it's like people crave uh, connection with people. And so I looked at like when we were building ClickFunnels as a company, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm looking at my competitors and I look at these companies and they're all branded companies. People are aware of them. And I was like, it was almost too, too simple to come and compete. So I'm like, nobody cares about these companies. Like they're using this brand because of pricing or because they're the only one. So if I can come in and, 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 and I can get connection with people, um, you know, like it's not hard to, to win this war because people aren't loyal to 
as loyal to brands or, or pricing as they are to like people. And so it's like, I need to, like, how do I, how do I build a relationship? And, and, and the way that I went about it, the way that I, I teach other people in the, in the way that I, I think is the, the best way is to like be super vulnerable because mm-hmm. most people aren't like, you, like, it's funny to me how, how people always want to like posture themselves and like have this positioning and things like that because they, because they think that that'll make people connect with them. And it does the exact opposite, like pushes <laughs> away. Yeah. And, like, like our last event, we had 1500 people at it and I spent an hour and a half talking about all of the failures I've had going through all the times I almost hit bankruptcy. And like, I just told all my failure stories. I'm like, everyone tells you the highlight room. I'm going to tell you the, the, uh, you know, what's on the cutting room <laughs> floor. Cause that's, what's interesting. And when I shared that, like that connected, like I, I came off the stage afterwards and I had people coming to me, bawling their eyes out and saying like, Oh my gosh, like that's where I'm at right now. Like, yeah. I didn't know that you were there. Like, I feel like I have hope again. Right. And right. I like that. It's like, I think that the more that we're willing to open and be vulnerable and share those things, like it, it connects people with you. And then, and then when like, a company is you know, someone's trying to compete with you and they come out with something similar or maybe even a little better or cheaper or whatever. Like people aren't going to be like, Oh, well, I'm going to leave because this, this has this feature. This is better. This is cheaper. It's like, no, I like I'm connected with Russell and the vision and the mission. And like, because of that, they stay connected with the company and everything else. And, um, it's been interesting. Like since we launched click funnels, I think almost weekly, I've seen somebody come out with a product and the, and the headlines always like, this is the click funnels killer. It's going away. <laughs> like, they try to like compete with it. Like they'll sell like, Everything ClickFunnels does, but it's ninety seven dollars one time. Like no monthly payments, all sorts of things. And then, and I watched it. I watched for three years now. These come and go almost weekly. It's just like, what's the difference? And I'm like, it's connection. It's us connecting with our audience and in ways that other people aren't willing to do. Yeah. And uh, and I'm trying to figure out different way, more ways to do that. If you watch what we're doing, we're publishing YouTube shows and podcasts and all these things. I'm trying to do to build connection with people where they're at. Yeah. And that's what gets people to come in. And I think that's what business is today, what it's going to keep morphing more and more towards. Absolutely. Companies that have that are the ones that are going to win. Yeah, I love that. And I, I mean, I watched a few episodes. Funnel Hacker TV is kind of like <laughs> this thing where you watch one episode and it's just a nice quick hit of just like really authentic business, um, you know, activity. But then you just want to keep watching it. I watched three in a row, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So kudos, man. I mean, it's really cool stuff. I think you're doing some good, really good work. Thank you. That's, that's so much fun. We're having so much fun with it. And, and, and again, Funnel Hacker TV, the whole, the whole idea is everyone sees like Russell launching this new funnel and like it looks so polished. And it's like, if you guys knew what was happening behind the right, scene, right. Yeah. like they could feel better. So it's like us running around like chickens, with our heads cut off, you know, doing this and that and like coming down to the, and we're launching it and like half of stuff's broken, but like it's live and we're fixing stuff. And it's like, I want people to see like that's what it's really like because then they don't feel bad when that's what's happening to them because it's happening to all of us. Like we only act like we have our stuff together, but we don't like we're a bunch of people trying to figure this out. And so I let people see that and let them have a glimpse of it. And, and, um, it's fun because like, again, it's drawing people like, like people again, like now they're vulnerable. Like, well, man, like that happened to me too. I just didn't want to share it. Like, Oh my gosh, like this happened to Russell. Like that actually happened to me. And they connected because it's like, cause my story is their story. It's the same thing. I'm the only one willing to kind of show it. And so when I, when they see it, it's like, Dang, like I remember writing something like that, and that's what I'm trying to get with all these things. Yeah, I think it's smart. Um, I read a book a while ago from Patrick Lencioni. I don't know if you know him, um, big time consultant. He wrote a book called Getting Naked, and the whole thing is about vulnerability. Um, and I think you tapped into such a core element that people really relate to. Um, so it's really cool, man. And, and and so it's it's good to see that you're kind of opening up that stuff to people. I think you're right. It it makes them feel more related and and like okay. So it shows that one you're 
doing things that actually take risk and courage and you're making big decisions and there's a lot of work that goes behind it. Um, I saw the one episode where like you were doing the interviews for your book and the whole tech, like your internet went down and, <laughs> and like all kinds of problems started happening. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was the day after we launched our book and I, we were doing like a virtual book tour. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because like I forgot about that whole pain, but like I filmed the process, the whole thing and we sent it to um, this guy named Kevin who does the, the videos and like two weeks later sends a video back and I was like, wow, that day sucked. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, like it was so crazy. Like we're here in the office and like the biggest day of my life basically and the internet goes down on the first two interviews. Thousands of people like just, we lose them. Yeah. So like we're like calling and yelling at our internet service provider and our tech guys and we're picking up shop and we're, cause we spent the first, you know, the last three days prior, like getting everything set to make sure nothing would possibly go wrong. Right. And everything was wrong. So we like raced this thing to my house and we like set up shop in my house and start the interviews there with like my, my crappy home internet. But yeah. And it's just like, that's the reality. Like what most <laughs> of us are doing is like show it. Yeah. It comes with the territory. So very cool. Um, I, I guess over, I'm curious what I don't know is actually remind me first, when did you start quick funnels? Uh, ClickFunnels um, will be live at the end of the summer. Three, it'll be three years at the end of the summer, so it's not okay, quite so, three. So three years. And what were what? Were you, I know you had a bunch of things going on before that. What was going on directly before ClickFunnels? Um, from a product standpoint, how did you start making money during those times before ClickFunnels? Yeah. So, um, so I've actually been doing this for about fourteen years now. Yeah. And uh, it started with a whole bunch of weird stuff that didn't work. And then my first, like, one of my first wins was I made a potato gun DVD, right. started selling that. Yeah. But then. Um, it's funny after that, like I, I went into like, um, I, I, people started seeing what I was doing. So for the next probably three or four years, I started doing like internet marketing, coaching and teaching people. And we did that for a while. Um, and then, um, and then we had some issues with like merchanting and credit cards where everything, anyway, it was built a big point to about a hundred people. And then the whole thing imploded and it was horrible and painful. And <laughs> there's a longer story to that, but it, it sucked really bad. Yeah. And we, we had like, we had to fire like 80 people in one day and we shrunk down and, and when we shrunk back down. I was like, I don't want to be an internet marketing coaching dude. Like I want to get back in the business. And so we started just launching little companies, like, like doing business, like doing internet marketing again. So we launched um, a dating site, a weight loss site. We launched a, a supplement helping people with diabetic neuropathy. And we launched actually that year, we launched 12 companies that year, wow. which is it's a horrible idea. And I, I <laughs> tell friends not to ever do that, but we did. And it was cool because um, we got a chance to learn in a whole bunch of different markets because a lot of people who are marketing coaches, they drive me nuts because like they teach you what works like in, in like the market they understand. And there's so many intricacies in every market. Like when we, we had a local business here, we started too. like, it was kind of like a group on here locally. And I was like, like the things that made that business finally work were not the same things that made our, our weight loss offer work. And they were not the same things that made our supplement work. Like there's intricacies, like there's similarities in all of it. Right. But there's intricacies. And I have, so much respect now for that market by market because of that. But we were doing that for the next three years. That's what we were doing is launching these little companies and, and trying to figure them out and grow them. And, um, and I think, uh, on the backside of that, what happened is, um, uh, one of the guys on my team at the time, he was an employee. Now he's my, my business partner, but he was in this process of like every quarter we'd launch a new funnel and we'd spend two or three months building it and getting the copy and the pages. And he had to do all the techie stuff. And it was almost like a frustration from him of like, all these funnels look similar and you keep having me rebuild these things for different markets. Like what if I just build a tool where we can just like create these things and, and it'll be easier and faster. And I was like, if you can do that, it'd be awesome. Yeah. And, and then he's like, well, what if we did this? And then we started like, it was funny. He lives in Atlanta and he flew out to Boise and for a week and we sat in front of a whiteboard and just like dreamed up like, what if it did this? What if it did this? And I was like, 
and and it's funny because you know I was wishful thinking, but I had tried to build something like ClickFunnels in the past. I had a team of six full time guys here in Boise who were building it for three years, and it never turned into anything. I know everyone else in there, like, like it wasn't like an original idea. Like tons of people tried to do it, but the execution is hard, right? It, was, it wasn't a simple thing. Um, but I'm lucky to have Todd Dickerson as a partner. He's a genius, and he was the one that made that, that built it and made it work. And um, and then I have the, the pleasure of being the guy behind the scenes selling it and marketing it. And, and um, we have an amazing team of people now that do development, but it was it was taught initially. And again, it was initially something we built for ourselves to speed the process. But as soon as um, he was smart enough to know that like, he was like, we could commercialize this. And he was like, if I'm gonna do this project, he's like, I don't wanna be an employee, I wanna, I wanna be your partner. And I was like, man, let's do it. And so he built it initially, like thinking through, like if we were to sell this someday in the future, like you have to code it different than if it's for yourself, right? So he's coding in a way where like people can have access and stuff. And and then with the, he, we brought in another uh, partner, his name is Dylan Jones, and he built the website editor. <clears throat> Between Todd and Dylan, there are smart techie guys, and they would send it to me. Who I'm the I'm the non tech founder, right? So they send it to me, and they're like, okay, build build a, a funnel, and I was like. How do I do it? We're not going to tell you. We have to teach you then we did our job wrong. So like I would try and then make a video of me like trying to create this thing. And like if I get stuck, I'd send the video to them. They try to fix things, refactor. And we kept doing that back and forth for a few months. And and then um, and then we finally launched it. And when we first initially launched it, it didn't do very well. In fact, I think I rebuilt the funnel five or six times before there was one that like hit. Yeah. And as soon as it hit, I knew from like – I mean 14 years – at that time it was 12 years. 12 years of doing this like like – Sometimes you have ones that are like singles and doubles and, and home runs, but like the numbers, like when, when the funnel worked and it hit, I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never had something like this. And we've had some big wins. So I was like, this, this could be the biggest thing ever, but if, if that's going to happen, I need to focus. And so we spent the next month selling and turning off and shutting off every other business we had and said, okay, let's triple down on, on this. And we did. And, you know, now three years later, it's, it's crazy. We passed today, we passed 44,000 active entrepreneurs using ClickFunnels wow. and it's growing insanely fast and it's, it's been the, the ride of a lifetime. That's amazing. And do you find that it's a lot of individuals or businesses that are adopting um, ClickFunnels? Um, you know, initially it was, it was the, um, the really small business owners, like the, the one man show was kind of who initially adopted it, mm-hmm. um, which was, <laughs> which was kind of cool. And then, um, and then. From there, about a year in, we launched um, a certification program certifying people to go and help other people. Yeah. So then it started growing. And then I was on a TV show, The Profit, um, uh, which was really cool. And he had me on the show and we did a segment with them. And that started bringing in more legitimate business, like not legitimate, like like bigger businesses. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of starting to grow more and more towards, like there's more bigger businesses, but it's not, the, our target market are, are, are really still small entrepreneurs where the entrepreneurs in charge of the marketing, right? So usually most of our clients, I say it's, it's a solopreneur up to maybe 10, 15 people. Like that's kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. Cause they get bigger than that. Like they're out, so they're hiring agencies and they're outsourcing, you know, and like the entrepreneurs yeah. the pain of it anymore. And so we have less of those. It's kind of like, you know, small to medium sized businesses. And that's like, those are the people when the entrepreneur is still the one focusing on like growing the company. Like that's who I love working with. As soon as it gets past that, the entrepreneur has got to, board of directors and stuff like that that's when it gets uninteresting to me so <laughs> yeah yeah well and you have price points that are i mean it, there's a there are two different price points and one's obviously more affordable than the other based on the options that are that are included but um it i did play around with it and it is a really cool program um and i've also played around with things like lead pages but um yeah i think you got a really a really great product so it's definitely something i would recommend anybody listening to to check out it could it could make your life a lot easier that's for sure Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have you ever had to get funding before? 
No, I'm very anti-funding. I think funding is what destroys entrepreneurship in our country. So really? uh, okay. I'm anti-funding. In fact, it's funny because like, so, the, so lead pages, you, you, so lead pages was like our initial competitor going into this, right? They raised like 30 something million dollars. And I looked at that and I was like, and I, it wasn't me. Like it was us. We were bootstrapping. It was like, okay, well, uh, Todd, like how much money do you need this month to eat? All right, here you go. That's all I got. So, yeah. you know, that's how we launched this company. But like, I'm a big believer, like the, your customers should, should be your backers because they're the ones you're serving, right? And so that's what we focus on. Um, it's funny, it's like, as we competed initially against lead pages and we've blown past them, I think, um, I was listening the other day, I heard their revenue numbers, will be about three times what they are this year. Mm. And we're just blowing past them. And, and the big difference, like people ask me, like, why are you doing so well? And I look at them, I'm like, like one of the, the major reason is that lead pages, their, their customers are no longer their customers, it's the board of directors. Like that's who's driving the business, that's who they report to. But for me, like my customers are my customers. Like. I have to make my customers happy or else they leave us, right? And so like, and so like I make decisions very customer focused, which is what customers want, which is why they grow. And I'm not, I don't have to report to a board or anything else. Like it's just me going out there and, and trying to figure out how to make this thing the best thing possible for our customers. And like, because of that, like I think is a big piece of why we're, we're growing. And, um, and I just think that entrepreneurs who give up money, like it's the, you're, you're selling your soul and it's, it's hard to recover from. Um, I have a friend who, has a $40 million SaaS company and he sold his soul to get VC money and he's he's gone through depression. He stepped down as a CEO and all these things and I asked him and he's just like, they, he's like, the board controls me. Like they set my salary. He's like, I can't have any outside side gigs. He's like, like all, all these things. And it's just like, Yikes, yeah. he's miserable. And I'm like, like we get into entrepreneurship because we want to be entrepreneurs, right? Like, so you should take on money. Like you're no longer an entrepreneur. Like you, Anyway, and, I and that, I hear that about VCs all the time. Like once you get people on board like that, now you have to, you know, you got you got too many cooks in the kitchen, and they start getting giving you direction. They want to get involved, and uh, that's just not a direction. That I, I agree, it's not a direction worth going. And the same thing, I, I'm an athlete, right? So like I look at um, I look at the Olympics, right? Like someone goes to the Olympics, and then they get steroids, and then they win. They take that medal away from them because they cheated, and that's why I feel like entrepreneurship is about starting something and creating it. Like people, I'm competing. There's two companies we're competing against. Both of them took on one took again thirty million dollars lead pages, and uh, the other one's taking like a hundred million dollars. I'm looking at these guys, and I'm like, you like that's cheating. Like you had a thirty million dollar <laughs> to you, you had a hundred million dollars. Like that's not real. It's like steroids. Like why are we celebrating that as an entrepreneur? It's like that's cheating. Like anyway, that's that's how I feel. Like I'm very passionate about that, and that's how I feel about it. And I think that. Um, that I'm trying to show people through what we're doing. Like, look, you can actually compete and destroy these bigger brands who are funded because you are the entrepreneur and you have the passion. And if you learn how to tell your story and you learn how to market and you learn these things that I teach in the books, like you learn these principles, like you can, you can run rings around people who have tons of VC money. In fact, it was funny. Um, um, we have a bunch of VCs that are trying to give us money. So we entertain it cause it's hilarious. But I always tell them like, we're not taking your money. It's against everything I believe. Like we still want to meet with you. So I entertain it cause it's, it's interesting and they tell us what they think we're worth, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, one of these guys was talking to me and you know what the first question they always ask was like, what's your cost to acquire a customer? And I kind of smiled and I said, well, you know, we were spending about $120 on Facebook ads to get a customer. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. So if we were to give you like $60 million, you could do both. And I was like, well, we actually turned those ads off. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, I'm paying this out of my own pocket. I'm not spending 120 bucks to generate a, a customer. Like I'm way smarter than that. He's like, well, how are you getting so many customers? I was like, okay, we have these things called funnels. Okay, this is what ClickFunnels is all about. We have these things called funnels. I'm like, I have a book funnel. And I was showing him, I had my book with him. I'm like, hey, this is the dot-com secrets book. So 
what happens is that I go on Facebook or in our ad sources and I promote the book, right? And as of today, we currently spend about $12 to sell a book. But somebody comes through this funnel, we have our upsells, our downsells, and right now we average $32 in sales for every book that we sell. So I spend $12, I make $32, so I put $20 in my pocket, and then after that customer's netted me $20, then I send them the email introducing them to ClickFunnels. So only people I introduce ClickFunnels people have already paid me $20. Right. And I explained it like five or six times. He's like, I don't get it. Like, he's like, it doesn't make sense. And finally, I think the fourth or fifth time he got it, he's like, if that's true, it'll change businesses we know it forever. And I was like, it's exactly like, the yeah. problem is you guys are cheating. You're burning other people's money so they don't care. Yeah. But when it's your own, you have to think through it. Like we understand these funnels, all the stuff we're talking about, like it is the secret to growing and scaling companies where your customers are financing it. It's not, you know, somebody else. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. It makes sense. Um, it's interesting. So I, I guess that kind of makes me wonder then, um, how, how did you start just from that point? So if you think any entrepreneur can come up with, they have a passionate idea and they can build it up themselves without funding and resources to, to produce content or to do whatever. Um, how did you personally start I guess making your first real dollars. I know you did the potato gun and other things. You have tons of businesses. I guess because once you got to QuickFunnels, you were able to get a team. Even before that, you said you tried for three years to build something like it, so you had money to spend on that. So, where, how did you start getting enough to to be able to fund yourself and hire your first person and things like that? I started selling stuff, and that so, was just through all kinds of different ideas. I guess exactly figure out where you want to go and like, and sometimes it's selling a partner. Sometimes it's selling you know, whatever, whatever that thing is. But it's funny, somebody posted on one of my, one of my rants about this whole thing. And they're like, well, some companies couldn't get, couldn't have got, couldn't have been built without, without funding. And you know, like, what about Facebook? And I was like, well, Zuckerberg, someone teach him how to sell. He could have, he could have self-funded it. Like it's like that much traffic and leads coming in. If you understand this funnel we're talking about, like he could have funded it. Like he didn't right. need to have right. these things. He just know how to sell. Right. And, um, my biggest thing is like, okay, let's say, let's say I wanted to launch a SaaS company. Let's say the SaaS company I want to target, um, I don't even know, pick a, pick a market. Let's say we want to target chiropractors, right? So if I knew that, first thing I'd say, okay, I'm going to go to chiropractors and then it, this is like an expert secrets 101, right? So i like, okay, let me let me find out, you know, first off, find a hot market, ask them what they want and give it to them. So I go and I, I find these, these chiropractors and I'm like, what do you guys actually want? And I figure what that thing was out and let's say it's software, but I'm like, okay, that's cool, but I can't afford that now. So let me figure out like, what do they want to learn? Who, how can I educate them? What can I, what kind of information can I sell these guys? Um, that, that they, that I can then use to finance my idea. And I would go and I would, I would probably find a Cairo person who was awesome. I would partner with them. I'd have them do a bunch of training stuff. And then I would create a webinar and I would go and I would start selling information to chiropractors. I would, and when you walk through the book, like it's not hard to create an information product and get it to a million dollars in sales. Like the path is like, it's been trailblazed, not just by me, but by hundreds of my students. Like yeah. it's in there over and over and over again. I would do that. And I would start selling stuff to this target market I want to build software for eventually anyway. From that process, I'd build a huge customer list of my dream clients. I would have them funded. I would have all this information going to them. I'd be building rapport. I'd be building a, um, um, a relationship with them. And then and now that I have an audience of people coming through who are paying me for my advice and paying me for this stuff, then I come back and say, hey, guys, I think I'm building this amazing software platform. Um, but it's going to be expensive. But I want, like, first of all, are you guys, do you guys want this? And then if so, like, what would you want? What features do you want? And have them tell me exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I would pre-sell it. I'd say, okay, this is the deal. It's going to cost me, you know, 300 grand to build this thing. Um, and I would, I would put together a webinar or something. And I'd pre-sell people into it. I'd, I'd raise the cash that way. And then from there, I'd hire programmers. I'd find a partner, whatever it took. And I would go and do it. Um, yeah. But I would build the audience first and have that audience finance it for you. Because um, that's how it should be done. Right. So you just need smaller product ideas that you can start 
um, that will appeal to people and obviously to that audience and start building up your funding yourself. Yeah. Very good. So when you, you built this product, 108 Proven Split Test uh, Winners, a book that you have, so if, you know you put that idea together, how long did it take you to, to create something like that? Oh, it was super fast. So during that, that three or four years where we were, had those 12 companies, like it was basically we were doing tons of split testing and and uh, and I, for me, like, I geek out on that kind of stuff. Like it's so much fun. And so um, I was like, and this is kind of when we started kind of getting back into working with entrepreneurs. I was like, we should... We should put, because I was like looking at people's funnels. I'm like, oh, your guys' stuff is so bad. And I was like, we've already tested this and this and that. like, here's like, just start right here. And they're like, well, like this, you know, my designer like this design. I'm like, yeah, like it looks pretty, but it's not going to make you any money. Like, the only thing that really matters is, like, at the end of the day, is it going to make you money, right? So I'm like, I we had all these tests, and so um, I just had one of the guys on our team like, let's go through and like take screenshots of all of our split tests, the ones that were, were good, and I'll write a little article about each one and, and explain kind of what it is. And so we did that and put it together in a book and. Um, and um, it's, it's funny because that was that was the first book that we kind of put out there when I was coming back from being in the business to like kind of coaching people in the business. Yeah. And I didn't think people were going to buy it. Like I had never sold something like that. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't like how to get rich quick on the internet. It was like here's our split test results. Yeah. <laughs> and first, like it didn't sell very well. Um, but we started like figuring out the targeting on Facebook. Like, well, who would want this? And it's like, well, entrepreneurs want this. Who already have businesses. We start targeting the right people. And it took a little while to get the initial traction, but. Um, that book kind of built a lot of the foundation of our entrepreneurs um, for when we had click funnels that like we had this group of people who were like geeking out on split testing stuff with us. And then we came out like, oh, by the way, we have this cool software that that will give you templates that start where this book left off. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. H- how much do you normally I guess, you know, I'm always curious because Facebook can be a tricky one. It could be super powerful and drive a lot of traffic, but it does take a little time to find the sweet spot sometimes, especially if you're going to the U.S. market because it's so saturated. It's, it's definitely more expensive than if you're going around the world or to developing countries and stuff. So I guess how much time and energy or even money do you normally have to put in to figure that uh, targeting out? And is there particular steps you find out or is it just trial and error of how you're uncovering the right psychographics uh, to reach? Yeah. Um, the first thing is I've got an amazing guy on my team named John Parks who does all my ad stuff. He's, he's brilliant, mm. but you're right. Like it, it starts, it's hard at first cause you don't know who your audience is, yeah. but what's cool, what's cool about, and this is why you should launch 12 companies in a year, by the way, is, um, cause then you're like refiguring this out every single time. But like when you, when you dig deep into one market, like it, it compounds like everything you do gets, it gets easy because you figure out who your customers are. Like the first phase of like launching new Facebook campaign is painful. Cause it's like, you don't know who your customers are. Facebook doesn't know and it's going to cost way more. And most people give up during that first phase. But after you graduate from that first phase, you get X amount of opt-ins and buyers and people coming through. Then it's like, Facebook starts figuring things out for you and the costs are going down they start going down and you start scaling. And like, right. and then what's nice now is when we have new products offers coming out, like, like we know now exactly where people are and we just plug it into those things. So it's, it's, it's painful at first. It's almost like you have to like, you have to go through the school of hard knocks initially. It's like your education that you got to pay for. It. And just know that going into like, it's going to be a little expensive at first, but a lot cheaper than going to school. And like, and like, but after you do it, like, it's worth the time because it gets it gets easier and your audiences get clear and you're more targeted and figured out right. to now it's the point that like most of the offers we put out nowadays don't fail because we understand our audience but then like we're putting them in front of the right people instantly because we've built up all that data over over time and so um mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I'm just curious. Like, do you find that it's you get more results if you're very focused with, um, you know, either a state like a specific state, like I'm going to California and I'm going after these people with these psychographics, or do you find national marketing just with specific interests and psychographics, you know, in mind that works well too, or maybe it's a mix. So for us, it's, it's all interest-based just because we're not like the local area. I don't think we've drilled down at all, but some businesses that makes more sense, but not yeah. for ours. Yeah. My whole strategy from a traffic standpoint, and there's a concept I call the Dream 100 that I learned from, from a guy named Chet originally, but that's my thing. It's like, hey, who already has my customers? Like, I don't want to go reinvent the wheel. Like, who already right. has them? Right. So we we focus really deep on that. So I know that Tony Robbins has them, Seth Godin has them, and you know, like, here's all the people that have them, and then we target deep into those, yep. into those audiences of, known, of our known customers more so than like like geographics more like interest based for us yeah for sure. that makes sense that makes sense and by the way you know we have something in common which is um, you mentioned earlier and I forgot to bring it up again uh, you, you used to wrestle right I, I wrestled for 10 years <laughs> oh that's awesome that's yeah man of, yeah that's awesome. house <laughs> <laughs> Like call flower ears and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh man. Yeah, some guys got some real pretty ears, that's for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. So, I guess just two more things if you have time for it. Sure. Um, I just want to give people clarity on this because I think you make some great points. And I also read the book from Mark Joyner, Irresistible Offer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about real quick, just a, a quick um, couple minutes. Um, what's the difference to you in selling a product versus making an offer? Yeah. Um, a product is a commodity. And so that's when people come down to like, you know, whenever you're a commodity, it's a race to the bottom. And I like, I don't like that. I like to sell expensive stuff. <laughs> One of my mentors told me, Dan Kenny, he's like, he's like, there's no strategic advantage in the world of being the second lowest priced leader in town. So if you're at the lowest, if you're at Walmart and you're the lowest price, then the only way to be strategic is to be the most expensive. So I'm like, I'd always rather be the most expensive than the cheapest. So, yeah. um, so that's part of it. And so like when you're a commodity, when you're a product, like, in fact, I've got tons of e-commerce people and like the e-commerce guys, like it's tough because they are a commodity most of the time. Like they're in China buying the same stuff everyone else is and then this, they're listing on Amazon or Shopify and then it's a race to whoever's got the cheapest wins. And I'm like, what a horrible way to do business. Like, so that's what, that's what a product is, right? So an offer is like, okay, I'm going to make you an offer. And inside this offer, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's products, there's tangible things, there's intangible things, like there's stuff. And when, when you, when you create it from a shift it from a product to an offer, um, because it's, it's, it's now this unique thing. Um, it, it takes away all the, like the commodity, the kind of commoditization of it. Like it becomes its own thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, we have a lot of our students who are selling stuff on Amazon and like, let's just say, um, try to find a product. Like, let's just say it's like a little camera, right? So it's like, yeah. everyone's got the same camera and they're all the same price. They're all fighting pricing. But then our guys are coming in like, um, okay, they'll create an info product. That's like, here's 36 ways to capture a wedding or whatever. And then they'll put the info product with that thing. And then they'll charge twice as much. And suddenly it's like, well, if I get that, I get this info product, which is unique to this author, like it's amazing. And the camera, it's like suddenly it's, it's, it's more expensive, but people don't care about it now. Cause all of a sudden it's like this offer and it's better. Right. So we're for e-commerce, we're for info products, for software, for everything. Like when we sell click funnels, typically we're not selling just the software. There's people come to our site, but just buy the software, but the majority of people sign up, they watch a webinar with me and the webinar, they get click funnels for free for six months when they get this, they get coaching and they get products and they get all these other things that like that they need to help, to help to, to help make the sale better. Right. So that's what they're buying. And then as a default, they also get, they also get the click funnels. And so 
um, it's it's how you decommoditize yourself and give you the ability to be able to charge stuff is understanding like how do you how do you create an offer as opposed to just selling a product. Yeah, I love it. I think it's such a powerful point and perception for someone to have uh, that's doing business. So, um, okay, cool, man. So listen, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, my last thing I just want to get from you is. Uh, your favorite uh, place that you've ever traveled to um, that maybe gave you a little, I don't know, perspective shift, impacted you in some way. Any place that uh, jumps to your mind? Oh, man. Um, you know, I've had a, a pretty cool opportunity to travel to a lot of cool places, but the one that probably had the biggest um, perspective impact on me uh, was definitely when I went to Kenya the first time. Mm. Um, we... Um, Every time, every time someone builds a funnel on ClickFunnels, we donate a dollar to a to a charity called World Teacher Aid that builds schools in, in Kenya. And so, uh, one of my friends and wife started this this charity. And so, um, so we give them, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars and we build schools. So, he kept telling me, he's like, you need to come and like experience Kenya. Like, donating money is cool, but like, if you experience it, it'll change things for you. And so, uh, we flew out there, my wife and I, and um, and stayed there for ten days um, with the kids, building schools and like seeing. Um, and just seeing like that, how people live in different places like that. But when, like the biggest, the biggest, most impactful lesson I had, I remember, is we were building schools for these kids, and we hang out with them all day. We play with them, and like these kids were hungry. And I remember like being upset. I'm like, why are we wasting money on building stupid schools? Like we should be giving these guys food and like feeding them. Mm. I remember being annoyed at my friend who started the charity, and like for two or three days, I felt that like this resentment towards him that he was wasting our money on on schools and. Um, and then the third day, they took us on this little field trip, and they took us first to, uh, to this lady's home. Her name is Mama Tunza, and Mama Tunza ran a charity, at, uh, or excuse me, an orphanage, and I don't think it was on purpose. Somebody dropped a kid off at her house one day, and she kept it, and everyone else in the community found it out. So within like a year, she had over 100 kids living with her. Everyone's just dropping her kids off, and, and she was not educated, but she had the greatest heart ever. She was there, and we had feeding programs to help feed these kids, um, but like, it was it was hard. It was it was like there always had to be money to, to to feed these kids, and it was just this constant thing. And um and we were there, and then we we hung out with these kids. And we actually had lunch with them, which was like like it was a heart wrenching thing where like you felt so guilty eating because it's like like these kids like you know it was just it was yeah it was amazing. But then um then they took us over to this other um orphanage that another lady had ran, and this lady was super educated. She had gone to schooling, she understood agriculture, so she had her school. But then next to it, she had this whole farm that she had. And so she had chickens and she had corn and all sorts of things. And the kids, um, when you walked in there, the kids were dressed in uniforms. They had energy. They were happy. They were out like farming the land and they were learning and they were doing stuff. And as we, we talked to the lady that ran this, this orphanage, like you could tell like the difference between the two, like they both had the same heart, but she was educated. So because of that, she was able to give these kids so many, so many tools and, and food and like the education is what gave them the ability to feed themselves. And I remember having this humble, like this humbling moment where I was just like, like I realized that I was wrong. I was like, you know, I thought that the food was the answer, but the education, especially in, in that country, like the education was the answer because that's what gave them the ability to um, to feed themselves. And so it was cool. Two uh, with the last last summer, I had a chance to go back. It had been two years since then. In that community, we were building the initial school, and we went back there, and it was crazy because it, the school had been there now for like three years, and um, and the community was had changed. Like it was insane how that school really? had transformed that community and um it was crazy so then we had, we had a chance after that to go to a new community for for the for the trip and we built new schools there and then i'm going again in uh in october so a couple months from now we're going again and, and now this time i'm taking a um i'm taking about 
15 other of our ClickFunnels members with us and let them see what the whole experience is like. It's just, it's been a, an amazing wow. experience. I love that, dude. Wow, that's right up. That's perfect, man. I, lo- I love that story. That's really cool. I'm happy to, to hear uh, your contribution and, and, and the fact that you went out. That was why I asked this kind of question is, it's like a sensory overload, but it's very different. It's one thing to read about it, but when you're out there and you experience it, it can give you these like epiphanies itself, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. It changes the perspective for sure. It's Absolutely. crazy. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, we got a lot of good stuff guys. Uh, Russell, let me just give you a chance here to give a shout out to how people can find you, learn about what you're doing. Um, you got many websites. I'm going to let you choose the ones you, you want to tell people about. Um, and guys, definitely these books. Um, you want to learn how to sell. You want to learn how the experts do it. I'm telling you, dot-com secrets, expert secrets. I personally read a lot of books. These are some of the best. So, Russell, if you want to give a shout. Um, probably the best place, if they go to russellbrunson.com, you'll all my stuff's there, but like on russellbrunson.com, there's a journey where I'm documenting how I went from zero to selling a million copies of the book. So every week I'm blogging, showing that, that, that experience. My podcast is also there. The Funnel Hacker TV show's there and the links to all the books and everything and click funnel. Like everything's there. If you go to russellbrunson.com, you can get pretty deep into my world really fast. All right, cool, man. All right, thanks again, Russell. Uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the Change Creator Revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play. Or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Yeah.